Alrighty. Well, Hello. we are recording. Welcome back to another episode of Embody Your Health. Today we have a special guest. Her name is Sarah. Welcome. Hi. Woo. Good to be here. Yay. So Sarah was a part of a giveaway that we collaborated on. Um, and we kind of just want to open the floor to you and let us know about what the giveaway was about and then what you got out of it. Yeah. So it was a self-care challenge done by one of my really good friends, Claudia. We went to the UFC gym together, which was ages ago, it mm-hmm. seems now. And, you know, as a, a busy mom, it's hard to find time to think of self-care. And it always sounds like such a daunting thing, like you have to spend a whole day caring for yourself. And, you know, it, it really isn't that. And Claudia set up this amazing challenge that was realistic things you can do five, ten minutes a day. And... You know, she reached out to me and I'm like, hey, I'm up for a challenge whenever. Um, So some of the things were, you know, just getting outside, spending time with your family, finding a scent that made you feel really good. And what it did for me, though, is I'm a morning person and it helped me start my morning just with myself. You know, like it, it helped me start in a positive way and, you know, realize that it could just take five minutes to have a good day and a good day where I did something for myself when the rest of the day with um, I have two kids and they eat up a lot of my day <laughs> so in the best way possible but I got a lot of really cool prizes I got some you can't see on the camera Ooh. I mean on this but I got some like press on nails oh, cute. Thank you. Um, I did like an oil treatment for my hair and oh, yeah. just a lot of really cool things that I'm not used to like spoiling myself with um, So I had no intention or no expectation of winning a challenge. I just wanted to do it and see if I could handle it. And Claudia is like, if you guys know her personally, she's an angel. Like, just the best cheerleader in everything in life, whether it's fitness, whether it's mental health. Um, She's been kind of a steady person for me that, like, I could not see her for a really long time and then just reach out and feel so uplifted. So... Mm -hmm. I'm like, anything for you, I'll promote this, and this will be great. And then I saw that Natalie was part of it. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I just finished working with her. How cool. So, yeah, it just kind of like a full circle moment for me. So Awesome. Yeah, I feel like, especially being a mom, you tend to neglect self-care because it's you're always trying to put your energy into someone else and the little humans, you know? 100%. Exactly. <laughs> but then you realize you need to take care of yourself in order to show up for the people that you love the most. Yeah. So I think that's beautiful. I love that. Thank you. Yeah. And something about them is they're like little sponges, too. So they see me doing something for myself or I'll say, like, hang on, I just need five minutes and and it rubs off on them because I'll, I'll watch them taking like a moment to themselves or stretching or breathing and it just makes me want to like melt inside. So if the time I take isn't like alone and it is in front of them, sometimes that helps me realize like, hey, they need to see this too because exactly. we all need to take care of ourselves. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, no, I love that. And I love how you mentioned that the challenge was, you know, doable, like five to 10 minutes. And I really like how you said you focused on doing it in the morning because I'm a big believer that like the first hour of your day can really set the intention for like the rest of your day, how you want your day to go, how you think about your day, um, just kind of your mood with dealing with anything that shows up in your day. You know, if you start out doing something for yourself before you start doing things for others, I feel like it makes it just such a more enjoyable day and you feel more in control because regardless of what happens during the day, you still dedicated that time and prioritized yourself first. So I really like that, you know, the challenge was just like small doable tasks that 
you know, help build a bigger picture. Like I know some of them are like drinking water, you know, taking selfies without makeup, (laughs) you know, things like that to just really help with that, just self-confidence and self-acceptance. Yeah. The, the selfies is funny because I don't really take pictures of myself at all anymore. Like Mm -hmm. pre-baby, maybe I had some and some of me and my husband, but never of myself and much less posting it. Um, but that was actually one of my favorite days because at first I saw Claudia's picture and she's beautiful like she's just happy and it shows and it gave me the confidence to do that and that's why I did it too you know to show other women like you don't need makeup like yeah it's fun and you can express your personality with it Mm -hmm. but it isn't who you are and it doesn't have to be what social media is all the time so that was that was really big for me too Yeah. yeah I love that and you know I think it's so important to remember that our bodies our face included you know, like it's not just looks, you know, our body somewhere along the lines, we started adapting that our body has to look a certain way in order to be happy or to be successful or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. But like, if you think back to like our ancestors, like the cave people, you know, like I highly doubt they're in their cave just like, <laughs> man, I don't look good today. Or like my hair's messed up. Like they were so much more focused on like surviving and just utilizing their bodies to the fullest capability so that they could have a successful day. And it's like we need to remember our bodies, face included, are the vessels that carry us through our days and make it so that we can experience this great life and, you know, and have moments with our kids and, you know, do a podcast or whatever it may be. And that's like what I feel we need to focus more so on. And of course, you know, it's nice to feel good and to like think you're pretty and like what you see in the mirror and stuff. But at the same time, on those days when like we don't feel that way, remembering that my body is so much more and like how it looks and stuff. And so I think that's really great that you're able to get that out of that day specifically and kind of like feel that shift in your mindset too of like, yeah, no, I can take these selfies of just myself. Yeah. (laughs) And it was perfect timing too, like coming into the new year, you know, like there's so much anxiety and anticipation for that. But, you know, you saying your body is so much more, it's it's where we live. It's the only Mm -hmm. place that we really have. And I forget that so often, you know, it isn't just like, you know, she lost five pounds, she gained five pounds. It's, you know, you can, you can see, I've never judged a person off of their weight. I've judged them based off their confidence, I feel. So, you know, when you can see that someone's happy, it's the most important thing to me. So that was one of my goals too, is Mm -hmm. just to like pay attention to the little things that made me happy in doing that. And, you know, I, I make it a priority to wake up. I try at least an hour before my kids get up because it's so important to me to like give myself that time to feel really good about myself and half the time I'm not wearing makeup doing that. So it's mm-hmm. good timing to do that in the morning. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's something that I loved about the challenge is it was really focused on things like mental health and those simple tasks like drinking water and movement, five to 10 minutes of movement. And I think it become so daunting on people that are trying to live a healthier lifestyle because you see all of these posts on Instagram and it's like you have to work out for two hours or you have to eat X, Y, Z amount of meals, you know, and it's like that's really not sustainable for the general population, you know, but what is sustainable and what is effective is focusing on things like mental health and five to ten minutes of movement because that's going to make a huge impact in the long term, Mm -hmm. you know. One of the challenges was to lift weights, mm-hmm. and I was so upset that day because I love lifting, and it was one of my like cardio days. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh my gosh! So I felt so guilty because a part of me, I'm a huge like perfectionist, 
part of me is like, I'll just lift today too because it says to. But then I'm like, no, I just need to stick with what I'm supposed to do. I wanted to do my cardio today. I had a plan. So I reached out to Claudia, like anticipating her to be like, no, you have to lift weights. And she's like, I think it's great that you moved today. And I'm like, wait a minute, this is, this is good. So another thing for me too is realizing like, it doesn't have to be perfect. It just is mm-hmm. the action of doing it. And then, you know, the next day I lifted weights and I was proud of it. And I feel like it was, it was a good reminder for me that like, hey, you don't have to worry about it being exactly what you hoped it would be. It could be better than that because you gave yourself patience. So, yeah. Or even just like reminding yourself that just because you can doesn't always mean you should. Mm-hmm. You know, like sometimes everybody's goals are different and stuff. And so like you sticking to your programming and your goals and not overdoing it, like maybe that was the actual practice that was needed of learning when to say no and when to say yes. Yeah. And so even though you were part of a challenge, you know, you're still able to just like turn inwards and be like, you know what? No, I did my lifting. It doesn't make sense for my, you know, training schedule, recovery process, whatever it may be to have this extra day. Like just because I can, just because I'm in a challenge doesn't mean I shouldn't. Like Claudia said, like you still moved, Mm -hmm. you still were active that day. Like just because it wasn't like weight lifting doesn't mean that you weren't active. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I love that her response was, oh no, it's amazing that you moved, you know, and that's how you know that she is an amazing person and she's just here to support you and just wants the best for you, you know? Mm-hmm. I I always feel so nervous to admit like a fault or a flaw in my mind, but like working with Natalie, that was a huge thing for me. I would be like, oh, I shouldn't tell her I wasn't perfect. And then I'd say it with all this anxiety and she's like, thank you for telling me that you're human. And I'm like, oh, I'm not getting judged. This is amazing. You know, so it's just surrounding yourself with people that are that way and, and, you know, cutting out the people that do give you a hard time for that. And that got dramatic really fast. (laughs) No, I love that. I was actually in a training on Friday with like this behavioral analyst guy. Um, and he was talking about, he's actually a CIA operative, which was really interesting. It was like a three time, hour yeah. long wow. training with that mentorship I'm doing. Oh, it was okay. actually really informative. I feel like my mind was just blown for three hours straight. But one of the things he was talking about is how we kind of create these delusions in our head. And what I mean by that is, you know, for instance, how you just shared, like in your head, you kind of get anxious about not or telling people about when you're not doing what you feel you should be doing or what like their expectations are, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the times it's because somewhere in our past, someone reacted that way to us. You know, when we told someone that we didn't do something, someone in our life was like, oh, well, you messed up. Like you really need to do this. Or like, I don't care that you worked out yesterday. You need to do it again today. Like somewhere in our past did that. And because of that one interaction, and there might have been other interactions like that too, but because of that one interaction, our brain has built like a protective wall against that. So it creates anxiety around like that, not necessarily like the confrontation, but like the telling the people like, oh, I didn't, you know, eat what I was supposed to eat or I didn't do my training when I was supposed to. And we get anxious or nervous that we're going to be treated that same way. When in reality, chances are 90% of the people, hopefully, will not respond in that (laughs) negative way to you. And so it was funny because, like, during that training, he was like, when you realize that it's, and I mean this in, like, a very positive way, like, when we realize that we're creating these delusions in our head based off of past interactions, we can just change our delusion. Yeah. We can choose our own delusions that we want to be. So, like, choose a delusion that makes you feel confident and that makes you think, like, 
you know what, I'm going to tell this person this and they're going to be okay with it because whatever, you know, like make your own delusions. Yeah. It's funny that you said that because I was literally like pep talking myself on the way over here. <laughs> oh. um, like, you know, who who are you to go on and talk about anything? And then you, you haven't met these people in real life. Like I worked with Natalie for nine months and we never met face to face and it didn't matter. But in the car, I literally told myself, I'm like, these are your best friends and we're going to have a good time. And I'm like, for some reason, that just like switched everything. So yeah. for you to bring that up, I'm like... It's because we work together for nine months. Our brains are still connected. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, seriously, choose. Like, no one's going to know that you're not actually confident or that you're not, like, actually. Like, every time when I first started working with Align and doing, like, the one on one Zoom calls and stuff, I literally had to pep talk myself before every meeting because I was like, who the fuck are you to, like, be giving these people health advice? (laughs) Like, you know nothing. And, like, I, you know, like, that was just, like, my inner me. She knows nothing. Right. If you need nutrition, work with oh me. I am nothing. <laughs> but it's so funny because it was so the opposite. Obviously, I wouldn't have worked with you if I really meant what I said just now. But I looked at you like she knows everything. I have to work with her. That's what I want. And so, yeah, people have no clue that you felt that way, including myself. Yeah, and like even now, like I've kind of expressed on other podcasts and stuff that in the business right now, I'm struggling with sales calls because it's uncomfortable. I don't like doing it. And I think the reason why I'm struggling so much is because I'm in that delusion of, I'm not good at this. I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to close. And so now I need to just change my delusion be like, I am the best closer ever. Oh, I'm yeah. the best sales call. Like give myself kind of the same type of pep talk. And it's, yeah. you know, no one's going to know. Well, they will now if they watch this. But everybody's human and I think we need to give ourselves grace and then like you said just create a different delusion you just have to create a different delusion in your head because a lot of times that's not the reality of what the other person is thinking right. and a person that is coming to you for help is coming to you for help you know like be confident in yourself because they reached out for a reason and just be confident in your work because everybody knows that you're amazing oh, and you should know the same oh, yeah. <laughs> i'm just gonna like cut that clip out and make it my like pet talk i wake up and for just every like the first five minutes of the day it's just that on replay of gabby there you go. <laughs> no one needs that mm-hmm. exactly oh, on geez. your um form that you sent us you really kind of talked about mental health and how important that is to you so I just kind of want to open the floor about what kind of things do you do to implement good mental health and what's your journey with mental health yeah that's a big question um so I've had two babies like I said and uh one of mine she just turned four Amelia in December and then my little one is turning two in March so like how have I been a mom this long but Um, You know, prior to having kids, I had body dysmorphia issues. I had problems with my eating, eating disorder behavior, and uh, getting pregnant was hard for me with that. Um, Going to the doctor and then weighing me was traumatizing, and it even got to the point where I starved myself before appointments because I was nervous to gain weight. When truly the appointments, you're supposed to gain weight, you're growing a human. Like, and I, I just had it in my mind, like that's what they were judging. They were judging how big I am and how much I'm gaining. And uh, so from there, I feel like I started really getting into my head about like, your body's changing, people are noticing, and not in that cute way that you see like people on Instagram, like in these dresses with their bump. Like, 
I was scared. I was scared to have a bump and I had really great doctors. I have amazing family. My husband's so supportive. No one ever told me in my personal life, like, you know, you're getting really big. So I can't believe you gained four pounds this week because you're having a baby. Um, but I did go to the doctor one time and I had a different midwife and I gained a pound that week. And she said, wow, you're kind of gaining a lot of weight. At this point in my pregnancy, I think I'd only gained 15 pounds, which is not a lot. Um, and it just like shut me down. I'm like, great, this is, this is really good. So, um, that was my first pregnancy, just that anxiety of, of the weight, not even is my baby healthy. And of course I cared about that, but for some reason I just knew that like it, I knew in my soul that like, I'm taking care of this baby. They're going to be okay. Um, but that's when I started really neglecting myself. You know, it was okay. I need to be better. I need to think about losing this already. And um, so I had Amelia in December 2019, right before COVID. Mm. Um, and having her for a couple months, I started noticing like really intrusive thoughts, really dark thoughts. And I'm like, what is going on with me? And kind of pushed it to the side. And, you know, a couple months go by and I realized I had postpartum depression and anxiety. And um, I didn't want to admit that because I don't think anyone wants to admit that we're depressed or we're mm. having anxiety, no matter if it's postpartum or not. Um, but I finally talked to my husband about it and I talked to my mom, I tell her everything. Um, and they're like, Hey, maybe you should get some help because we don't know how to help you here. Like we love you, but you need someone special for this. So I reached out to get some therapy and, uh, that therapist was the worst thing that I think could have happened. She was just very quick to judge and quick fix like you're feeling this way well it's probably because you're insecure about this you need to get over it I'm like oh okay so quickly I fixed myself quote unquote and I'm like I'm better I don't need to talk to you anymore and I talked to her twice maybe Mm. um so I kind of went into this like hole by myself and then COVID hit Mm-hmm. And I'm a new mom, you know, I, I have a baby and my husband has to work. He's a firefighter and he's out all the time. Um, and I went into like survival mode. Um, and my priority was her, you know, like I, I took care of her. I sheltered her from the germs, the world. Um, and my mind just kept getting like deeper into like this, this darkness that a lot of people might not have known. Mm-hmm. Because you're posting on social media, you have this beautiful baby, and and you're happy, and, you know, I'm I'm married, and I have a house, and I have a baby, and everything's great, and everything was just, like, not great. Um, And I didn't really tell many people about that, and so, like, this is, (laughs) you know, might be news to people. Mm -hmm. Um, But I felt like I was finally getting better when I was able to exercise again, because, you know, you can't exercise right after having a baby. took me about, like, six weeks, and I started walking again. Um, exercise helped me, but I felt guilty for doing it because I have a baby and if she needs me, I would stop no matter what. Like she breathed different. She cried a little bit. She, you know, it's my first baby. I would stop whatever I was doing and and take care of her. So I went into like a, you know, I, I, I didn't pay attention to myself. It took me, I think over a year to even get out of the house without her, like on a date or anything. And my poor husband, (laughs) um, he's been nothing but supportive, but I felt like I was finally getting a little bit better, you know, exercising more, taking care of myself. And then I got pregnant again and we were trying, we were trying to have a second baby. So I was aware of that. And I'm like, you know, I, I had the problems. I had the depression the first time, but that won't happen to me again. You know, like it's one and now I know what to expect and I'll be fine. 
And it was so the opposite. It was the same thing going to doctors and having that anxiety. And then after um, having my second Isabella, um, it was worse. I got some, almost instantly I had those, those negative thoughts, those dark thoughts, those just really intrusive thoughts. And I don't know exactly what I should be talking about on here, but talk just, about anything. yeah, I, I was just having thoughts like I, I'm not cut out for this. I can't do this. I'm not the person for this. And I kept getting reminded by people that love me. Like you were made for these babies. Like they're yours. You're made for them. And I just didn't believe it. Um, and I shut down and it got really, really low for me. Um, but I still talked about it to my mom. I still talked about it to my husband and they forced me to reach out again, like try, try therapy again. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, I don't want to do this. Therapy doesn't work for me. And people talk about how magical it is for them. And I'm like, I wish I had that. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just didn't. And it, it got to the point where one night, um, I, I was just being too serious with my intrusive thoughts and it was enough. Um, my mom made me reach out to a therapist and I did. Um, and it was the best thing I've ever done. She's like my therapy soulmate. <laughs> like if she listens to podcasts, I don't know, but thank you. Um, and she didn't like fix me right away, but she listened, you know, she was there for me. She had a baby at the same time I did. And so I'm like, she just gets me. Mm -hmm. Um, so my, my journey with mental health is still happening. Mm -hmm. My, uh, my littlest is almost two and I was hoping I had postpartum depression and anxiety. And so I was on medication for it and I got off of it a couple of months ago and really proud of myself. And, you know, you did this, you have the coping mechanisms and then those thoughts started happening again. And then I started getting anxious again and just waking up thinking, can you even do this? Like, can you even take care of your kids? Like, can you even do anything? I would just get nervous for everything that was going to happen, even the good things. Um, so I started my medication again and kind of broke down about it. I'm like, oh, no, I'm not like postpartum. I'm an actual person with anxiety and depression. And I was so ashamed of that. And honestly, that's why I'm, I'm here right now is because I do not want to be ashamed of that. And I don't want other people to be ashamed of that. Like, there's medication for a reason. There's therapy for a reason. There's, you know, self-care challenges for a reason. Like that came to me at a really good time. And I don't think anyone knew that. Um, so, you know, huge backstory I feel about myself. And that's just a little bit of my, where I come from and why no matter how anxious or scared I am right now today, like this is important to me. Like people don't see the dark side of people, um, especially if you don't let them. Mm -hmm. And so anyone who knows me might be shocked here. Like, it, I don't think I've told anybody this except maybe like my best friend, my mom and my husband and, mm -hmm. and that's about it. So well, well thank you so for sharing me. everybody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing. We really appreciate that vulnerability. And, you know, like you said, it's just, you're here to kind of put out a message that every like the the thoughts can be there you know therapy can be there like there's there's solutions to whatever mental health is going on you know everybody kind of has their own mental stuff to deal with and it's just figuring out what works for you who works for you you know unfortunately you had that really bad first experience uh, experience with that therapist and yeah. you know <laughs> as as shitty as that is you know it's it kind of did lead you to like your little um, therapy soulmate. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I wish you would have had that therapy 
sooner, you know, the, the soulmate, the, the good therapist that actually listened and, you know, let you express your emotions and validated your feelings and, you know, was there for you. It, it sucks that you had to go through all of this, but, you know, I'm a big believer that we deal with what we can handle to make us stronger, mm-hmm. you know? And so as shitty as it may be to like be dealt not great cards and constantly be like thinking like, why me? Like, why is this happening? Why am I this way and stuff? You know, as hard as it may have been for you, like you're still here and now you have the ability to make an impact and to share these stories and to express it. And, you know, let all the other moms out there who may be dealing with the same thing. Like you said, beautifully, like choosing not to let people in on it. Like you're not alone and there is help out there. And, you know, it's just, it can be scary to, admit to yourself that you need help yeah but the help is there and you know once you take that first step hopefully it'll get better yeah yeah and I think that's so important especially what you said like what you did today is so powerful and like opening up about it because so many people deal with the same thing that you're going through you know and it's just like you said it's hard to talk about it because it is such a vulnerable thing to express Mm -hmm. but what you did is so important because then it makes people know that they're not alone, you know, and that there is help and that sometimes you do have to go through multiple therapists to find a therapy therapist that does get you and does understand what you're going through, you know? So I'm very proud of you. And I think it's beautiful (laughs) what you shared because no matter what it is, postpartum depression or just depression and anxiety, a lot of people deal with that and life is hard and people need to know that there is help and there is support systems out there for them to get mental health, you know? Yeah. It's funny because I'm sure, like, you know, now that you just got married, you always get the follow-up question, like, oh, when's the baby coming? And, you know, I, I have two babies, and literally I feel like she came out, and they're like, when's the third coming? Oh my and my mind doesn't even go to, oh, sweet baby. It goes to, oh, my gosh, my darkest place that I've ever been after, baby. Like, I have these perfect, healthy babies that I am so thankful for. And everyone's like, so when are you having a third? I'm like, I'm not. Like, I cannot go through that again. And people need to reframe their things. And that's why I I really, when I see a mom, a new mom or a newlywed, it's like, how are you doing? You know, you're doing a good job. No matter if I really know what they're doing in their life, the fact that they're there, the fact that they're thriving or even existing, you're doing a good job instead Mm -hmm. of, what's next? What else yeah. can you possibly do? Yeah, why can't we just be present in the moment? Or congratulations. Yeah. I think that's such a horrible <laughs> exactly. question. People need to mind their damn business about that. It's like a conversational topic. You can exactly. think of something else. Yeah, like, oh my sure. God, you're engaged. Congrats. When's the fucking wedding? You know, yeah. instead of, oh, when are you popping out babies? It's like, yeah, you know, out of spite, never. <laughs> or tell me your story. How'd you meet? Where'd you, you know, exactly. Where'd you get engaged? Can I see the ring? Like, are you happy? Yeah. I don't know. Like, literally are you gonna anything. lose ten pounds before your wedding? Oh my <laughs> god! Please stop. Yeah. Everyone, yeah. stop. Everybody, stop commenting on people's bodies, food choices, how I'm much they eat, you. how little they eat, when they're having baby. Like, mm-hmm. just mind your own business. Yeah. Ask about the person and like the quality and their values, not yeah. that stuff. And although it's not a bad intention, you never know if someone's like actually been trying and they're Mm -hmm. unable to conceive and it's a sensitive. Exactly. Like you never know. Be more sensitive. Yeah. To people and uh, I hate it, but it bothers me. Yeah. Yeah. Same. It frustrates me a lot. Speaking of the way that people like say things that they probably shouldn't, like going through any kind of depression, there's always a coping mechanism, like trying to pull yourself out of it or not think about it. And mine was food. Mm -hmm. Um, 
you know, binge eating by myself and, and people would comment on that, like, oh, you look different. And I'm like, excuse me, like in what way? Or, oh, well, you, you've lost the baby weight or you haven't lost the baby weight and all this stuff. And I'm like, you know what? It's hard for me because pre-babies, both babies, I was a very active and I still am very active. Um, but it was my life. You know, I went to the gym for hours a day. That's how I met my husband. We, he taught me everything I know about how to lift weights and how to be physically healthy in that way. You know, we went on a nutrition journey together. We were just very fit people, but that's because that's all we wanted to do. It was our life, our hobby and mm-hmm. our social life. And after having a baby, especially with the COVID shutdown, it's like all of that changes. Um, and so, of course, my body changes. I have a different priority and, yeah. you know, I have someone else to care for um and I I thought that I was doing a good job about that like taking care of myself and you know when people comment anyways it's like well then why am I trying you know I'm just gonna go into this hole and go deeper Mm -hmm. and so you know anytime I was by myself I'm like I'm just gonna eat and eat and eat and eat and just feel horrible about myself because that's how I feel I feel horrible so why not just keep going um so yeah, people people comment on the wrong things. And even like full transparency, me coming here, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so much taller and bigger than these girls are gonna judge me. And Natalie has never judged me in my life. Like, and I've never met Gabby till today. She's she's never judged me either in the hour <laughs> that I've known her. <laughs> but like anything I'd say to Natalie, like even opening up about binge eating to you, it was always like, oh no, oh no, I'm this failure. And and you were so gentle and so like inviting and shared your own stories with me too like you do not have to be perfect and the fact that you're even saying something is really big and I'm, I'm happy to say that like I I truly feel like I'm past the like binge eating disordered side of things but there are nights when I overeat there are nights when I feel bad about myself um and I think that's probably gonna be forever as sad as that might be um but just learning the right thing to say and the right thing to do I don't know yeah it's a it's a process you know I as you know since we've worked together I've probably told you this a million times but like I really think that you know like eating disorders disorder eating body dysmorphia guilty feelings around food and stuff I think they'll always kind of be there but we get better at recognizing why they shouldn't be there and how to deal with it in a way that is supportive of ourselves and us feeling our best like you know you mentioned Um, how you would share, like, when you would have your binging episodes and I would kind of share, like, my bulimic episode history with you. But it's interesting because, like, prior to actually going into nutrition coaching, similar to what you're doing today, is, you know, I never really talked about it. I don't, like, I think it was a big shock when, like, the first episode of the podcast came out and to my parents to find out through that that I had an eating disorder that nobody knew about, like, you know, kind of same thing. I was very selective about who I let in to know that information. And then when I started nutrition coaching and the little fucked up part of my brain, I was like, well, if people know that I had an eating disorder, like why would they want to work with me? Like my thought, my mental thoughts around food are not, you know, correct or whatever. And then I started sharing that, like when I started working with women and, you know, realizing that unfortunately so many women and probably men too, but I work directly with women, but like so many women, you know, have eating disorders and have disordered eating. I then realized like, oh, well maybe sharing my journey through that can be really helpful for these people. 
And so it was very scary to start talking about it and to start, like, actually... For the longest time, I could never, like, say out loud, like, yeah, I was bulimic or I had bulimia or I had an eating disorder just in general. In my head, it was just normal to throw up after eating food. And so, like, it took a lot to, like, actually call it what it was, but also it took a lot to call it what it was and not fall victim back to it. Mm -hmm. You know, because sometimes I feel like, at least for me, like, when I label something I take that personality of it yeah you know and I become that and it's encompassing and it's you know overwhelming and so I think in some aspect like not admitting to myself that I had like bulimia while I was going through it was kind of helpful because it allowed me to like not have necessarily that like victim mentality around it but I think you know like how you expressed it, it was scary the very first time to like talk about it, especially on a podcast where it's like, oh my God, whoever <laughs> listens to this will know now. Because I think the very first time that I like talked about it publicly outside of my clients was like our very first episode yeah. of like tits and talks, not even yeah. body or health. And then I remember like, you know, talking with family and stuff and they were just like, huh, we didn't, we didn't know that. And I was like, yeah, because I didn't want you to. <laughs> like, And it's nothing like, right? And then it's, and then it kind of sucks, especially, like, with parents, because it's, like, I didn't hide it from you because I, it's not that I didn't feel comfortable telling you, but, like, I'm your child. I didn't want you yeah. to know and, like, start blaming yourself or something, you know? Like, it's... That hits home for me yeah. so much. First of all, though, you admitting that made you an even better coach or makes you an even better coach because it's relatable. You you see, I see you on social media, and I'm like, oh my gosh, she has it all. She's so strong and confident, and you know, I'm sure there's other things going through everyone else's head, but that's that's what I see. And then you coming up about that, I'm like, oh my gosh, I can I can admit what I did or what I do and where I've been, and I'm not gonna get judged for that. But also, I can come out from that because you are past that. You know, you're. I mean, no one's perfect. I'm sure you still have thoughts and and days that are hard, but but hearing that was really big. And then you, when you said to your parents, that that hits me a lot because that's another part of my anxiety and you know fear of the future is if I'm going through this, if I'm struggling, and my parents probably didn't know anything I went through. Um, talk about that a little more in a second, but. Uh, I have two daughters and it scares me that they're going to end up feeling the same way, you know, hating their body and trying to go on some sort of diet or hide something. And it's terrifying thinking because I'm, I'm closer to my mom than I think, I don't know, maybe most people are. She's my best friend and she still doesn't know half of the things that I went through. Um, in high school was my first time dealing with any sort of body image issues and um, I remember being a freshman and I was always pretty confident and athletic and I was a freshman and I was dating a sophomore like you know I'm so cool um, and one time he like went to tickle my knee and he's like wow you have big legs what? and I was like okay uh, and so from then I stopped eating around people and I lost weight a lot of weight and uh, that's when the the eating problems happened for me and and I hate it because there's so many people in my life who have said such positive things but this one like so unimportant person said one thing and ruined so much of my mind um and so no matter what you do like as a parent no matter what you say or all of these great things you give sometimes that doesn't matter if something mm -hmm. else comes in and so my goal now is to 
to show my struggle, to show my anxiety and to show even my depression. Like there'll be times we'll be at dinner and I'll just start crying. Um, and my sweet Amelia, mommy is stressed again. And I'm like, oh gosh, this is horrible. But she is so receptive of emotions and and she can already say, like, I need a minute. I'm like, you are four years old, and you can tell me when you need a minute to calm down and go breathe. Like, that is huge, and that shows me I'm, I'm doing what I can. Mm-hmm. Um, and in those moments, it's it's really, really big. And so for, for your parents, like, they just love you so much, and of course they're going to think, like, what did I do, or was I there for her? But that's not what we're thinking. Like, I'm not over here thinking, I wish my mom would have been more there for me. My mom really messed me up. Like, no, she did the opposite. You know, she was always a safe space for me. And I have to remind myself that as long as I'm that for my girls, no matter what they go through, if they do have an eating disorder or if they do go through anything, I just need to be that presence for them and -hmm. and an advocate for if you're having a hard time and I can't help you, find somebody who can help you Mm -hmm. because they're out there. You just have to look. Yeah, I think it's beautiful what you said too that that transparency is so important because your kids, I think even just as humans, it's so hard to just admit to our faults and to admit that we are human. You know, everyone wants to paint this picture that we are perfect and we have no problems and life is beautiful, <laughs> which it can be, but there's also struggle in life and there's also difficult things that a lot of people go through and you may not see. You know, but also talking about that and being transparent about that allows people to realize that it's okay to feel this way. It's okay to have struggles in life because it's normal and everybody goes through it. You know, I think we like demonize having depression or having anxiety and then it kind of gets into a cycle of not being able to really overcome that if you're unable to recognize it because people want to just not talk about it because they're ashamed or whatever it is you know but I think these conversations are so important to bring light to those things and to show people that it's normal and there's help like I said you know so I love that and you're doing a great job and I love that your four-year-old be like I need a minute that's so important and that goes to show that because where else would she learn that from you know, you know, TV. I'm just kidding. Well, I'm what shows kidding. is she watching so I can watch too? Right. So bluey. <laughs> plug in right there. No, I'm just kidding. No, it's it's crazy too because I I see myself a certain way. We all see ourselves a certain way, and I remember even like I think it was a week ago. Um, I was sitting on my bed. Just we have like a mirror closet, so I could see myself, and I just looked at myself like, oh my gosh, you are the grossest person. And like some days those thoughts come in. And I can usually talk myself out of them. Like, you're, you're having a thought, that's okay, let's move past this. And I couldn't that day. Um, and then my, my daughters, like, come up and hug me and tell me you're beautiful. And I'm like, they don't care. Like, they don't care what size pants I wear. They don't care. They're not going to remember that. They might not remember much <laughs> two and four. But, like, I'm hoping we're getting to the memory ages now. But I... I need to remember, and I think a lot of people do, that we're not just judged for our size and our appearance. It's more of like, what impact did you leave? What lessons did you teach people? What relationships did you build? Um, but that's hard to tell yourself sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> My like favorite thing is um, when people talk about like, hey, like you've probably seen the memes on social media where it's like, hey, just a reminder, like when you're dead and people are at your funeral, they're not going to be making speeches about how nice your abs were or how you only ate chicken and rice. Like they're going to share like how you made them feel. Mm-hmm. They're going to share memories that they had with you and mm-hmm. all these things. And that's like a very good 
way to look at it. Cause like, I, I'm pretty sure similar for Gabby, like when we did our bodybuilding, when we had like our eating disorders and stuff, like mm-hmm. I would say no to so many things out of fear that I wouldn't be able to control myself mm-hmm. in certain like eating and social situations. And I look back now and I'm like, never again will I let food determine whether or not I can't be with my friends and family. Mm-hmm. You know, like even if I, you know, like go somewhere to be with friends and family and, you know, maybe I am having really negative food thoughts that day, I will actively still kind of make myself eat whatever it is that I'm scared to eat or mm-hmm. like that are triggering like old eating habits and stuff. Because once again, I know that that's no longer the priority for me. I know that I can overcome it and I know that I have the mental fortitude to change my perspective on it. And yeah, like you said, there are some days where it just, as hard as you try, it doesn't change, yeah. you know, but it's, you know, it's a skill that you have to keep practicing. And so having those times where, you know, it's hard to get out of that rut or to see it differently or to change your Delulu, like, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, that's, that's still a way to grow because then when we're in a clearer mindset, we can reflect back on it and be like, okay, well, this day I wasn't able to change how I saw myself. Why do I think that was? And giving yourself permission to be vulnerable with yourself and bring awareness to like what caused those thoughts to be so locked in that Mm -hmm. I couldn't change my perspective on it and then learn from it, you know? And that's a scary thing to like be that vulnerable with yourself and be that self-aware. Like it's, it's such a great skill to have, but at the same time, it's a scary skill to have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think something that helps with that is having a good support system. Cause even like I'll have days, like you said, I'll look in the mirror and be like, uh, I'm just not having a great day. I don't like what I see. Or I'll revert back to old habits, like eating habits. And I'll have those certain trigger foods where it's like, I want to eat all of this mm-hmm. and not stop, you know, but knowing that you're capable of stopping and that it's okay that, you did have a mess up and then also having that support system like sometimes if I'm not feeling great about myself I'll go to my boyfriend Ryan and be like I just don't feel good today you know and like he's so supportive and having those people in your life is so important to open up and kind of help you out of that hole you know yeah I love that Mm -hmm. yeah my my family and I just went to Durango for the new year Mm -hmm. um and I'm such like a goal setting let's get it for the new year type person and like thinking back to the beginning of 2023 I was in that place like okay it's the first I'm going to be perfect and I just started working with Align and with Natalie and um you know that that expectation was never set for me like you need to be perfect or you can't work with us like but that's just how I am you know the first of the month let's let's do this perfect so we're in Durango and the trip we weren't going to get home until after the new year um and the biggest part of me was like, it's the first I have to eat super healthy. I have to exercise and, you know, we're on a trip. And this is the first time we've taken our girls out of state. We've been places in the state, but, you know, we haven't gone anywhere. Um, and I talked myself into, you know, let's enjoy this. Let's just eat the food. We ate pizza. We had little like sparkling grape juice or whatever. Um And I enjoyed it and I came back and I'm like, okay, it's still the new year and it doesn't really matter that that's the reason. It's just, I'm going to start fresh in my mind and realize you don't have to be perfect. And Mm -hmm. I think that that trip really resonated with me too. Cause I'm like, I think I need to do this every year because it forced me to not be this day one perfect person. Um, and talking about a support system, I was telling my husband, um, on the trip, you know, like I want, 
I want to start the new year with all these goals. I'm journaling on vacation and stuff. And he, he's so supportive no matter what. He's never like, no, you should do that or that's dumb or anything like that. He's like, okay, well, I'll do this with you. And Aww. I asked him, you know, what are your goals? He's like, oh, I don't really have them like you. Like, this isn't my thing, but I'm here for you. And, you know, I, I think just being vocal about what it is you're feeling and what you're going through and having someone who is a steady support mm-hmm. for you is big. Um, my husband met me when I was not at my greatest weight and then we got to our greatest fitness I guess say greatest I'm not at my best yet I guess um you're beautiful (laughs) thank you we just felt strong and healthy and lean and everything and I'm this completely different person now and sometimes I have those thoughts like why would he want to be with me now if I look completely different than I did then and I'm like well first of all that was seven years ago everyone should look different than they did seven years ago Mm -hmm. um but second of all he he doesn't love me for a number on the scale. He doesn't love me for my clothes and he's been so supportive of my mental health, my physical health. And we're very lucky because um, when my husband went into the fire academy as a firefighter, um, I got him a squat rack as a, you know, like a congratulations you passed gift. And we had a treadmill and a couple weights. And over time we got a full on gym in our garage. And so COVID hits and we have the perfect house <laughs> for it basically. Yeah. Um, so he's always been supportive of me. We work out together and we thrive together in that. And, and just having that every single day gives me so much drive and motivation. And even when I'm, I'm broken, he's understanding and never judgmental. So finding your circle is, is very important. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and your partner. I love that. Yeah. I love that you have a supportive partner for that. Me too. <laughs> he's the Shout best. out to him. Yeah. yeah. I love you, Jerry. <laughs> Aww. He's like, is this going to be live so I can, like, shout you out? I'm like, oh, gosh, no. <laughs> like, I wouldn't do it if it wasn't. So we're good. <laughs> All righty. Well, to kind of come back to full circle, so, you know, you did the challenge mm-hmm. in November. Yeah. It sounds like you had a very good, you know, transition to the New Year's, yeah. um, which also, you know, sometimes doing the opposite of what you're used to can be very helpful. Um, you know, sometimes it is learning to say yes to everything and you know just kind of navigating that but you know it sounds like you had a a very good start to your year um how do you plan on continuing what you learned through that november challenge to just help you continue working towards like you said being the best that you can yeah so something really big for me is just starting my day right which Mm -hmm. is what i do i wake up at 4 50 every morning i love it i never just be like you're crazy. I also fall asleep on the couch like 8.30 half the time. We worked on that. <laughs> I go to bed fully ready. <laughs> Good. But uh, no, I I wake up really early and I, I set myself up for success. I, uh, I'm one of those people that does like green juices every day and not because they're trendy and not because whatever. It's just a habit for me. It's something that works and it's a healthy habit for me. I start my day with that. I start my day with intentional time and workout and I do struggle on the days that are like rest day, like today was rest day, so I wake up and I'm like, oh no, what am I supposed to do with myself? Um, but it really is just going back to the fundamental habits, you know, like let's let's drink some water, let's get just a little bit of movement, but one of my main things that I want to do is just push myself out of my comfort zone for small blurbs of time. Mm-hmm. Um, like post baby, I had a hard time doing like push-ups. So I have an alarm on my phone that says do five push-ups every single day. And so that's just an example of like reminding myself of the little things that'll help. Mm -hmm. Um, Something else that helps with like 
self-care and just like overall nutrition is involving my kids in that and so we cook together a lot and we we just do um, we'll do like stretching together or yoga which I hate I hate yoga I think I've told you this I hate just being in my mind which is yeah but uh, just pushing myself to do things that I know are good for myself that won't take very much time and and doing them um but setting that example is what I really want to do, too. Like, if I'm having a hard day and I need to do something that will help me, having a system in place. Um, cooking with my kids is, is one of the biggest ones. I was um, making a grocery list the other day, and I asked Amelia, what do you want me to get you at the store? And, and she's four, you know, and she goes, well, I want grapes, tomatoes, and a potato. And I was like, okay, anything else, thinking like, oh, maybe a candy or like a whatever. And she's like, hmm, broccoli. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I love my that. child is the best. And so just, you know, incorporating them in that and also doing things like this. Like, as a mom, I do not get out of the house for my own personal reasons enough. Um, so doing things like that, even if it's just for a walk, that was a big thing in the challenge too. Like, yeah, I can walk on a treadmill mm-hmm. anytime I want to, but saying like, hey, Jerry, can you watch the kids real quick? I'll be right back. I'm going to walk around the block and just getting that fresh air. Um, changing your scenery is really big. So getting out and getting air and just practicing loving myself and practicing patience, and that's that's really my plan for the year. And for that. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's amazing. Um, kind of wrapping it up, you kind of, I feel like gave an answer to this, but what does embody your health mean to you? I can do it in like a short sentence. <laughs> yeah. It just means feeling my best and advocating for myself no matter the situation and realizing that it doesn't have to be perfect to be beneficial. So mm-hmm. always taking steps to to remember my why and ground myself and remember that health isn't just physical, it's mental and emotional as well. Mm-hmm. I love that. That's beautiful. And I feel like you did a really good job today about expressing your journey and it was really powerful to the people that may be going through the same thing so thank you for sharing and being so vulnerable and it was amazing thank yeah, you I'm very proud of you thank you for coming on and getting so vulnerable and like Gabby said sharing and stuff that's that's what has impact you know when yeah. you're just genuinely being raw and vulnerable to yourself even the dark scary parts of it so thank you so much for sharing Sarah thank you for having me this this really makes a difference at least for me so hopefully we can I can see that with this one as well. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you.